It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Jeep. Here's your host, Matt Derry. And we welcome you in another week of Wired, the Pistons podcast. What's going on, everybody? It is Matt Derry on a Thursday evening, Friday morning. And on Friday night, the Pistons continue their West Coast trip, trying to snap a seven-game losing skid as they are in Phoenix to take on the Suns, a game you can hear starting with the pregame at 8.30 on 97. Won the ticket and also view at 9 o'clock. Eastern time on Fox Sports Detroit, the man that will be calling the game on the radio side, the great legendary play-by-play man Mark Champion, who joins Rick Mahorn each and every game on the radio side. Mark will join us tonight as our guest coming up in moments here on Wired, the Pistons podcast. We're brought to you by Jeep. Uh, as John Mason said in the open, Pistons, look, it, the bottom line is when you look at the situation at hand right now, playing a lot of young kids, Andre Drummond gone, Reggie Jackson gone, Markeith Morris gone, Blake Griffin injured, and you got Derrick Rose and the kids trying to give it their all, trying to play hard, and you got to commend Dwayne Casey and the staff because if you've watched any of the games so far on this West Coast trip, whether it was the Denver loss, the Portland game, uh, which was a tight, tight loss on Sunday night, in which the Pistons at times in that game were going toe-to-toe with, 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 with C.J. McCollum and Carmelo Anthony, and of course Carmelo with the big pick-and-pop jumper that kind of put the game away. But you look at Detroit at 19-41, at and 41, it's, it's, it's not been a good year. But where they sit right now and when you watch them play, you realize there are some young pieces on this team. Uh, there's some guys that they're taking a good long look at for the future. Uh, they have you know, a let go some veterans and allowed them to latch on to um, contending teams in order to free up some some cap room and and obviously give the younger guys an opportunity to play. You've got Derek Walton now and Dante Hall and guys like that coming up from the G League and guys on ten day contracts to take a look and see if if there's a future for these young men. And the Derek Walton story is kind of a cool one. Kid from Chandler Academy in Detroit and of course played for his dad. Played at Michigan for four years and now get an opportunity to play and. We'll ask Mark Champion about just, just some of the young guys and you know what he sees as as development moving forward. But they're doing the right thing. This organization is in terms of, all right, here's a reboot. Got some young pieces. Let's see what they can do. Hopefully get some luck in the draft and then move forward. All right, joining me tonight, let's talk to a good friend of mine on the road with the team. Of course, Pistons are in Phoenix for a game with the Suns on Friday night. The longtime radio voice of the Detroit Pistons, Mr. Mark Champion, giving us a couple minutes here on Wired. What's up, Mark? Uh, Deuce, I'm always an honor to talk to you, and uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to uh, just stay out here until about mid-April. <laughs> <laughs> you and Greg Kelser got a little golf in with our old buddy John Bloom uh, John yesterday. Bloom. Yes, the Bloomer, who uh, is now doing, uh, I think you told me he's doing up to 28 games this year for the Phoenix Suns. Al McCoy is... Uh, cut back uh, his traveling, and so uh, so John is doing uh, a lot of those East Coast uh, games, and uh, so good for him. Yeah, he, uh, he's worked hard to get there. It's a, it's, a, it's a rough life for you out in Phoenix. Two, two extra days off in Phoenix, that, that's that's rough. Yeah, well, you know, it's a little bit of a makeup because the schedule this year has been uh, pretty brutal, uh, especially prior to the All-Star break. I mean, they jammed. What was it? Fifty-seven games, I want to say, into uh, prior to the All-Star break, and so this is nice. I think the players uh, appreciate it, and, uh, uh, even though they've gotten in practices the last couple of days. But uh, uh, no, it's good. It's a nice little break. Tell me about this season, Mark. It's been a, a wild one, uh, to, to, to be honest. Uh, the roster kind of overhauled lately. 
the injuries at the start of the year with no Blake Griffin, and now uh, you know a rebuild coming in the middle of the season. What's been kind of your reaction, and how how have you handled it in terms of? I know your chart has changed a lot. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, that's that's the one thing I've I've had to redo my charts like a billion times. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's uh, one of the one of the dangers, I guess, of, of uh, what we're going through. But you know, I think uh, I think ownership, uh, I think Tom Gores, uh, along with that Stefanski and Dwayne, uh, reached a point where they said, "Okay, let's let's look at this team." If all of our players had remained healthy, if Blake Griffin had remained healthy, and, and everybody else down the line. Uh, where would we have been? What, you know, how high of a seed would we have got? And, and I think they just determined that this particular roster or, or the roster at that time uh, probably was not going to get them to the level they want. That's to be a, a championship team or, or certainly uh, contend for one. So I think they, I think this gave them the, the opening to, to hit the rebuild button with, with all of our injuries and, and, and that, and as a result, of course, the trade of Andre and to free up uh, a lot of cap space, and then Reggie Jackson and, and Markeith, and, and on and on we go. Uh, and, and so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a process. To, I hate to use that word. Uh, let me let me uh, not use that word. <laughs> Why not? But it's uh, <laughs> it's going it, it's, it's to be something uh, that's going to take a little time. And how much, you know, you don't know because. At this juncture, the Pistons are going to get a high draft pick. Uh, they have quite a bit of cap space, uh, so they can go out and, and get some players. And then, and then uh, I think these remaining twenty-two games or whatever we got left, I think Dwayne Casey is using this to to see who's going to be a part of this team going forward. I, I think looking at our roster now, I, there's no question in my mind that Bruce Brown will be a, a piece going forward. The interesting. One is going to be Christian Wood, who will be a, a free agent. Now, uh, is he going to get some offers out there that will uh, put the Pistons in a bind or you know, force them to make a decision one way or the other? Who knows? But I, I, I certainly think they would like to have him back. And, and uh, you know, the other, the other pieces that they have to determine, uh, guys like C. Mihailuk and, and uh, those types, you know, that, that's what these final games are for, to, to see – you know, if they're going to be a, a part of the future. Mark Champion with me, of course, radio voice of the Pistons, he and Rick Mahorn on all the games, whether they're on the ticket or or News Radio 950. Tell me about, you know, being around Dwayne Casey throughout this season, Mark, and, and last year, but now with this year, how, how's he handled this? This has not been easy for him. It's not necessarily, I guess you could say, what he signed up for, but this is part of the league and decisions are made that are above him, and he's always just kind of been real steady, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I really uh, appreciate Dwayne Casey. Uh, we've gotten to get a very nice relationship, and, and uh, you know, I respect him a great deal. He's got a great demeanor. I, I told him, I told him the other day, I said, you know, your demeanor reminds me so much of Tony Dungy, you know, very, very calm and uh, very positive, and uh, I, I think he's handled it extremely well. I mean, he went through a similar thing in, up in Toronto, and so he, I don't think he thought it was going to be the complete uh, rebuild, uh, but you know that was kind of forced uh, because of all the injuries, and I think it just came to that. But but he's handled it extremely well. He's still coaching. I mean, he's still trying to win. And I, I don't know there there are those people out there who would, 
uh, prefer the Pistons not win, but in my estimation, I mean, yeah, tell the players that and uh, tell the coaches that. So uh, they're going out there, they're playing hard, they're doing their best. Uh, I thought they played uh, extremely hard in Portland after getting down early. Uh, you know, it was a tough game in Denver. That's a tough place to play, but they kind of hung in there. Uh, so that's that's kind of what uh, Case is looking for, just guys are going to play hard every night. Mark, what, Mark, tell me about Derek Rose and just kind of the, you know, you're on the bus, you're on the plane, you're at the practices. What does he mean to the younger guys, and how important is it to have a veteran presence still around as they go through this rebuild? And those guys like Blake Griffin aren't with the team right now uh, due to injury. Well, I, I think he's been the ultimate professional. I really have a lot of respect for him, and He's handled it extremely well. I mean, he could have gone in and said, yeah, I'm not going to go through this. Uh, but he's been very professional. He's uh, indicated that uh, he wants to stay here, and the Pistons want him to stay here. He's got another year after this one, uh, and he's played well. I mean, he's you know he's been nicked up a couple of times, but when he is uh, 100% out there, I mean, he's still got it. He really does, and uh, I think he's had a terrific year, and has played well, and, and hopefully the young fellas uh, look at that uh, and, and see what it takes to be a professional in this league. Mark Champion with me. You brought up Christian Wood earlier. I, I really like how he's playing, and certainly the numbers have gone up since Andre Drummond uh, is, is has been let go and, and dealt to Cleveland. You know, it, it's tough to speculate on what kind of money he'll ask for and everything else, but boy, oh boy, that would be... That's a piece, Mark, that, that they got to keep around, don't they? Just just based on, you know, he's really found something here with Dwayne Casey, and you know, he can play inside, play outside. He's fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, he's been a real pleasant surprise. I mean, uh, and, and he's gotten better. Uh, you know, he's still a work in progress, obviously, especially in the defensive end. But I still think he's got to get a little stronger. But I really love his offensive game. I mean, he's. He's looking to dunk the ball every time, uh, you know, unless he's out there spotted up for three. But he's, he's looking to just take it and jam it down, and therefore he gets the free throw line a lot uh, and makes them. So I, I think that's an important thing. So I, I, I really like his game, and, and I hope that I hope they're able to re-sign him and that, that he fits, you know, whatever uh, money he's looking for or somebody throws at him. I, you know, it's something I hope the Pistons are able to. Uh, make happen and, and keep him there because he's, uh, I think he's a nice piece to this team. How's Seku handled this season, do you think? Because, you know, he, you know, Dwayne Casey's even made it public. Hey, look, maybe we got to send this kid down to the G League. And he's had some rough spots. But for a 19 year old, the way they kind of threw him into the mix and, you know, he's guarding LeBron and Kawhi Leonard to start the year and, and everything else, I, I like him. What do you think? Well, it's going to be interesting to see how he is. I think, obviously, he had that, I like Craig Kelser the other day, he said that he had his insanity moment earlier this year and uh, and played well in a stretch of, what was it, three, four, five games. And then sort of, I don't know if he hit the wall, but sort of struggled through a period of time, and he's still kind of in that mode. And he looks like a 19-year-old kid right. who is who hasn't played a whole lot of basketball, uh, at least on this level. And so I, I think that's what he's going through now. They still, I mean, he's still got he's got an NBA body. Uh, he's got a nice touch uh, shooting the three, and, and I think once he figures it out, 
once he understands, you know, know your personnel, uh, once he understands that, and uh, as Dwayne Casey said, once he makes a commitment, he's got to make a commitment to wanting to get better and to do whatever it takes to get better. And, and I think that's what they're looking for from him. Uh, he's a good kid. Uh, he's coachable. And, you know, we'll see going forward. It's interesting, Mark, because when you talk about rebuilds, and this is really the first time, and, you know, you and I worked together for a long time back in the Joe D days when really rebuilds and not necessarily tanking, but just uh, this organization has always wanted to win, so they never really had to try to go through this, a complete rebuild. It was always kind of rebuild on the fly. But I think think the the only thing that came close, if if you recall, is back when Joe signed a number of those veteran players uh, to to one-year contracts, the John Wallaces and, uh, you know, players players like that. And then then he started – you know, he gets Chauncey Billups, he gets Rip Hamilton, he gets uh, Drastation, and all you know, and all these things start falling. Uh, to me, we, we were uh, George Blah and I were talking about this the other day. I mean, that was just a remarkable build by Joe Dumars during that period of time. What he was oh, able to do, big time. I mean, it's just remarkable, big time. And of course, the final piece being Sheed. And by the way, there's a, a great article in the Philadelphia Inquirer today. I'm Sheed Wallace is now coaching high school uh, basketball, and it's a good a good read. I, I highly recommend you take a look at it. And, but uh, Sheed, the final piece, and then you know the Lindsey Hunters and the Mike James and, and uh, Memo and you know all the others, uh, Corliss. And, uh, so you know, that, to me, that that was just a remarkable job that he did. Uh, and, and that's, you know, the Pistons uh, are hoping to get there. And, and maybe that's the type of rebuild they're going to have to have because, you know, can you get uh, the so-called marquee free agents to come here? I mean, can you do that? If not, you got to, you know, make some trades and make some uh, uh, draft picks. And I was looking at, you know, Denver the other day. Denver has 11 players on their roster who were either second-round picks or, or undrafted free agents. And here they are right in the thick of things in the Western Conference. So sometimes you have to have some luck, but, uh, but other times just you, you got to you know, do your homework and, and, uh, and find the right players. And I think Ed Stefanski's done a really nice job uh, the last uh, couple of seasons of, of bringing in guys uh, who are going to be part of the, uh, part of the rebuild. I love the fact you just brought up John Wallace's name. You know, J-Dubs is going into the uh, – his uh, jersey number 44 is going to the rafters at the Carrier Dome this weekend, ironically oh, enough. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> how, how are the Q's doing this year? I haven't even looked, to be honest with you. Uh, next question. So, no. Kind of like Ball State Cardinals. Hey, no, I, was, I, I, t- I tweeted you the other day. I was at Ball State with Eastern. I love that arena, man. That's That place is awesome. Very nice arena, yeah. You know. I think it seats maybe was it twelve thousand? Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very nice. They're actually having a decent year. They, uh, uh, I think they're four or four or five games up on top of five hundred, so they're hanging in there. Tell me about this player development staff because you just mentioned it. The second round guys, some of the some of the fringy players, a guy like Christian Wood, you get off the scrap heap. They get better because the player development staff, those guys in that second row of the bench work and develop these these guys. I, I think that's kind of an underrated part of what the Pistons have, and some of those guys have, 
really done a nice job with some of the younger players, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, it's a whole different uh, type in the NBA. I mean, back in the day, uh, it was Chuck Daly, uh, Brendan Sir, uh, Brendan Malone, and Mike Abdenauer. <laughs> that, was, that was it. And, and the players. Uh, but now, all of these teams have, as you said, the player development coaches and uh, JD and, and DJ and uh, Tim Gregory. I think Tim, uh, Tim Gregory is just terrific. You know, he still has a big man camp in the offseason. Uh, he's been around uh, since, uh, you know, Naismith was here. So, I mean, he just lives basketball. And uh, so these player development coaches are young enough. He can, you know, Gerg is in his 70s, but the other guys are, are young enough. They're, they're almost on the same level as the players. And so there's these players uh, respect uh, the player development coaches and, and they can converse with them. They're on the same level with them. And uh, it's just kind of the way the league is these days. You know, all the teams have that. No, it, I, I think it's it, it's part of the deal, like you said, where it might not be the free agent destination. but And I'll say this too, Mark, and you know this, the Pistons have had zero, zero luck in the lottery going back years. And maybe this is a year a ping-pong ball bounces their way and, and they can get one of the elite guys at the top of this draft, which, again, it's a top-heavy draft. Is, it's kind of been the last three, four, five years. Yeah, I mean, you do have to have some luck. Yeah, there's no question about that. and. It, how are they going to end up? I mean, I, who knows? I mean, right now, I, I think I saw where they are, what was it, within two games of Cleveland for the correct yeah, cause second, the, yeah, second worst. Yeah, I think the Cavs have won four or five, so they've kind of creeped up. So it's it's you know, that's a situation that no team wants to be in, where you you look at it and you go, you know, it would be better if we lose this game or lose this game or you know, play well and lose this game. You know, It's just awful to be in that situation. And, and you know, Dwayne talks about this when the when the beat guys bring it up, and uh, he doesn't coach that way. He, he he's coaching each and every night. And he'll coach that way tomorrow night against Phoenix to win the game, and that's you know if they're going to keep the score, uh, you might as well win. And uh, so that's the way he looks at it. Uh, and it's a little tougher right now because uh, you know some teams you simply don't match up with. Uh, I think. You know, Phoenix is a team that uh, the Pistons have a chance to beat. Uh, you know, they've had some struggles. They lost Kelly Oubre probably for the rest of the year. Uh, so this, this is a game you can get, you know, and go out and play hard and, and feel good about yourself. And, and then, uh, you know, guys are starting to step up. I, I've been impressed with John Henson and, and now Brandon Knight. Last couple of games has kind of come out of his slump and he's starting to play. And, uh, so, you know, everybody's playing hard. They're, they're, they're trying their best. All right, final thing for Mark Champion, longtime radio voice uh, of the Pistons. All right, so tomorrow or Friday night, you're going to be on the floor with Rick Mahorn calling the game. There aren't many arenas left in the league, Mark. You know, I had to bring this up where you're I mean, the Pistons are one, the Suns are one, Chicago, I believe. But, yes. you know, you got some interesting vantage points now. And all you're, back in the day, you were always down courtside calling the games. How? How difficult is it some nights when you're way up high or in Boston you're in that ridiculous well, corner? And... Yeah, Boston Boston is the absolute worst. I mean, it, to this day, I don't understand how the league allows that, but it just, you know, it is what it is. You adapt to it. But uh, there are some locations. Uh, Denver, by the way, uh, if I was to put together a top five of uh, worst locations, <laughs> Boston and Denver would be probably one, too. Uh, but you, you've learned to, you know, you learn to work through it. And, and, 
we bring it up all the time at broadcast meetings, and, and we know it's it's not going to change. In fact, television now is starting to get kicked up into the uh, into where we are. So it's it's just a you know those those seats down there that we used to have are now very valuable, and teams are are selling those for a, for a high price, and and uh, you know that's kind of the way it is. But one thing about Phoenix, as long as Al McCoy is broadcasting the Phoenix Suns. Uh, radio will be on the first row and TV is on the second row. So how about that's that? The it, that's the way it'll be tomorrow night. And, uh, uh, it'll be great to see the, the legendary Al McCoy. It's pretty sweet when you can be around guys like Al and, and George uh, Blaha and, and others. It's kind of a, a fun fraternity. I know you're still having fun doing the game. So, uh, keep it up, Mark. Uh, love listening to you. You know, I, I'm always texting Rick and he's, he's dropping in shout outs once in a while. And, uh, appreciate the, the time as always, my friend. All right, Diesel. Always a pleasure. Anytime. The great Mark Champion, radio voice of the Detroit Pistons. You'll hear him on 97 won the ticket uh, Friday evening. Pistons and the Suns, 8.30 pregame. Chris Fillar handles the pre and post is doing a nice job on the radio side. And then the call at 9 o'clock for Detroit and Phoenix. We thank you for listening to another edition of Wired. Thanks to Mark Champion for joining me. We're brought to you by Jeep. We'll talk to you again next week.